I would love to be able to stop the time for a while and show to anyone who will be interested and convince them, all of them, that the tech transfer is a great thing to do and how beneficial this field is. That would make me really happy. Then I will unstop the time and do the rest of the work and be with family and etc. Osmar Slama is the chairman of Charles University Innovations Prague, the commercialization subsidiary of Charles University. And he joins us today on Talking Tech Transfer to chat about how his passion led him to become only the second person in the Czech Republic to gain RTTP accreditation and why it will take a societal culture shift to drive entrepreneurship in the country. And why that has led him to support a program aimed at high school students. He also talks about the significance of the newly launched 45 million euro I&I biotech fund backed by the European Investment Fund and why he considers spin-outs a last resort for getting innovations into the marketplace. Otima, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, it's a pleasure to be in here. It's a great pleasure to have you. To start with, can you give me an overview of Charles University Innovations Prague, maybe with some key figures if you have them? Sure. Charles University Innovations Prague is abbreviated to CUIP, is a university-owned subsidiary company founded to commercialize results of the research. We are based in Prague in Czech Republic, and our parent institution is Charles University, which is the oldest, almost 700-year-old, and the largest with over 50,000 students and also the best-rated university in the Czech Republic, at least according to the academic ranking of World University of Shanghai ranking, where we are in the upper 1.5% of the world's best universities, so in top 250 uh, globally. However, back to CUIP. We were established in 2018, so we are on the market for about three and a half years. Hence, we are economically the most progressive technology transfer office in Czech Republic. In those three years, we have signed almost uh, 60 license agreements, sold five patents worldwide and established five spin-off companies, all of which are thriving. I have a small but very dynamic team of 10 people, or more specifically about five full-time equivalents. We are also very successful in the media, not only thanks to our COVID-19 PCR kits. Statistically, we are in the media every working day including, for example, Forest Magazine or the main evening news. So in three years of operation, we have managed to become profitable for the university. So we are already in the black. Wow, that's a really good start. As you said, you are a subsidiary of Charles University rather than an internal office. Why did you choose to be a subsidiary? The history of technology transfer in the Czech Republic dates to about two decades back. The Technology Transfer Office was established at Charles University in 2007, although it didn't generate any interesting results. In 2014, the head of the university changed, uh, making the technology transfer one of its priorities. This is also the time when I started my career in technology transfer as a project manager of Proof of Concept, a financing program from the Technology Agency of Czech Republic. I continued as a business development manager and subsequently as a deputy director of the TTO. Unfortunately, and despite all of our efforts, 
we were relatively unsuccessful, especially in the last phase of the commercialization procedure. We conducted our own audit and found out that there are two main reasons of our failures. So firstly, we were too slow. Internal university processes bound by the higher education law are lengthy and we were simply unable to catch up with the speed required by the commercial sector. So we are unable to sign the agreements or the contracts as fast as the commercial sphere wanted. And secondly, the university wasn't willing or wasn't able to accept any risks. Risks associated with the investment in the new technologies, risks associated with the business or with the establishment of spin-off companies. So the establishment of the private company solved both problems, decision-making competencies on the management of intellectual property were transferred to CUAP on the basis of contract of mandate, thus speeding up the procedure. So I'm currently charged in the signing of the documents of the agreements. And as a private company, we are also legally responsible for our activities and therefore we are responsible for everything by ourselves. So the university don't need to be in stress that we are doing here anything shady. (laughs) Do you see other tech transfer offices in the Czech Republic following that same route? Not yet. We have been the first one and are still the only university in Czech Republic which have decided to set up the subsidiary company next to the university. However, we are already consulting some of our colleagues from other universities who are trying their best to, I don't want to say copy, but uh, to go through the same way as we did, because they see that it simply works. I want to take a slightly wider view. Recently announced the 45 million euro INI Biotech Fund. I think you were at the ceremony as well. I've seen some pictures of you cutting the ribbon. <laughs> yeah. What do you hope that will mean for Czech spinouts having that much money available? First of all, I'm very happy with this success. It was also my first time when I was cutting with scissors the line. We collaborate with our colleagues from INI Prague, which is the equivalent of CUIP at the Czech Academy of Sciences. After several years of negotiations with the European Investment Fund, the EIF decided to enter the Czech Republic and support the development of the biotechnology industry. Half of the funding of the 45 million euros comes from the EIF, from the fund. The other significant part is paid by the Institute of Organic Chemistry and Biochemistry, which is part of the Czech Academy of Sciences which uh, reinvests their um, proceeds from commercialization of Professor Holly's patents, which are used for AIDS therapy. It's, I would say, the most known technology transfer from Czech scientists to the world. It brought to Czech Republic tens of billions Czech crowns in the royalty fees. This is the reinvestment of the money. I'm also very pleased that CUIP is also joining this fund as the investor. But I'm even more pleased that we now have funding available for biotechnology startups. It will be possible to support about 20 promising spin-off companies in the next five years. So to answer a question, it means a lot for our ecosystem because we have money for our biotech. Is it generally been difficult for spin-offs or startups in general to raise money in the Czech Republic? 
Honestly, I personally do not see obtaining funding as a major obstacle. Many of my colleagues from the Czech transfer community wouldn't agree with me because we do not have very easy financing supported on the basis of subsidies, which my colleagues would definitely prefer. I prefer financing from the commercial sector. And up to this day, we have always found commercial partners without any problems. I also think that working with the commercial sector is healthier and more sustainable way of financing than waiting with outstretched hand for subsidies. So yet, I don't think it is difficult if you have the right idea. Have they generally been based in the Czech Republic or have you sought money in Europe or even further afield? Firstly, we are looking for uh, Czech investors. They are uh, more approachable for us, but uh, we don't hesitate to communicate with our colleagues abroad and we have already investments from abroad. So starting in Czech Republic, but Europe and also the USA or other partners globally, it's not a problem for us. How easy or difficult is it generally to find staff leadership for your companies? Our strategy is primarily to enter into licensing agreements. If circumstances so require, we are also able to sell the technology as a whole, as whole patent, for example. We approach the establishment of spin-off companies as a last resort. The reason is that the preparation of a spin-off company, its setting, its financing, its planning, staffing by the management, starting up the company and the subsequent support and further monitoring require a huge amount of resources, both financial and time. If we do not have at least a thorough idea of the composition of the management, then we usually do not try commercialization through spin-off company and we are choosing another form of commercialization. So basically, if we do not have the team or we don't see the team at the beginning, we are usually not trying to set it up. That makes sense. Do you see yourself this developing more in future? If you look, you say you've been around for three years, Czech Republic is still early stage. Even looking at the UK 10 years ago, there weren't that many spin outs. Now there are a lot of them. Is that your view of how the Czech Republic might go as well, or specifically CUIP, as more resources become available? I guess that the spin-off companies and setting up of those startups will be team for further years. It's broadly, hugely supported by technology agency, by national agency Czech Invest, by the national innovation strategy, which pushes forward the setting up of spin-off companies as one of the potential ways of commercialization. I'm usually stressing out it's the one of the options, not the only one, and that the licensing of the technologies or selling of the technologies are also the options which are, I'd say, easier and quicker than setting up the whole company. But it's more complicated task of the setting up of the commercialization strategy, of course. What is working well in Prague's ecosystem? And are there any specific challenges that you have? I would say that the enthusiasm of the people is really great. I mean, both the scientists and the people around the technology transfer. There is a great enthusiasm and it is pleasure to work in such environment. At the same time, we have an overpressure of ideas 
that we can work with and look for commercial potential in. This is mainly due to the young and relatively undercultivated ecosystem. So there's a lot of stuff to do. On the other hand, I consider the persistent distrust of our activities to be the biggest challenge. Although the situation is rapidly improving with increasing successes or amount of successes, there is still concern about a gray area around business and commercialization. I attribute this to our historical roots as a country of the Eastern Bloc, when after the Velvet Revolution in 1989, the wild 90s took place and many people associate business with, I'd say, negative influences. Of course, this is no longer the case today, but reverberations can still be perceived. So I would say this is the biggest challenge, the trust in our activities. That makes sense. A culture shift on a societal level that will mm, yeah, take a lot of work. Definitely. How do you think the Czech Republic compares to its European peers than all other countries in the former Eastern Bloc? Ah, I would say the main sources of transfer income in the Czech Republic are still contractual research or author's income for our neighbors in, for example, Western Europe or in Israel. The technological transfer itself is also an important component of the incomes. The revenue from the introduction of new technologies to the market, to the society, among the people. So that, in my view, is the main benefit we should bring. And this is where we are, I would say, missing or lacking the opportunities, which, for example, our peers in Europe are more developed in. We should focus on the tech transfer itself, not everything around. Do you think the involvement of the EIF in the INI Biotech Fund is going to help solve some of those issues having a big european fund come in and kind of give their expertise and definitely definitely it shows the way which we could follow it's focused i'd say only on biotechnologies or i mean the fund is focused on the biotechnologies but it shows that the commercial funds could be glued together with the european ones and it cultivates the investment ecosystem into the academical sphere or on the edge of the academical and commercial fields. So definitely, this is a huge step forward. Yeah, I look forward to seeing what comes out of that. You're one of, I think at the last count, five people in the Czech Republic who have RTTP. You were the second one to get it. What motivated you to seek that certification? Do you think more people in the country will follow suit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Technology transfer in Czech Republic is actually a new field about the two decades, which I have already mentioned. In order to be able to quickly catch up with uh, leading research institutions and the best technology transfer centers around the world, we, of course, need to learn from the more experienced. So I have been going to conferences and workshops from ATTP, from the Alliance of Technology Transfer Professionals. It was great. Then at one event, I found out, I guess it was in Netherlands, they presented the possibility of a comprehensive training course to obtain the RTTP, the Registered Technology Transfer Professional Accreditation. So I just got to work it and get it. <laughs> the motivation was very clear to gain contacts, network, to gain knowledge and experience, but also not only on the theoretical basis. But the courses 
lectures and workshops and final networking was based on the practical training, on the practical issues which we could solve. So it was pleasure to enjoy it. And yes, I would definitely recommend other colleagues to go on this journey and get the RTTP accreditation. It is a good basis for further functioning in this field. It laid the grounds for further work, definitely. You've been with Charles University Innovations Prague since 2018, as you said, from the get-go. You were involved in tech transfer and business development before that. How did you get into this career? <laughs> it was actually a coincidence. When I was at school finishing my master's degree, I started working in the study department of Charles University as a part-time worker. Basically, I was standing by the copy machine and copying whatever was necessary to copy. After a few months, there appeared a tender for a project manager in a technology transfer. I found it extremely interesting, however, because I wanted to work as a project manager. So... It wasn't tech transfer whatsoever. So I applied. I had no experience in tech transfer before, but I didn't miss my enthusiasm. In the end, I get a job. And then it went quite quickly. I realized I enjoyed working in this field and I still do this up to this day. So pleasure to have such a job. After the project management, I was working as a business development manager. And after that, I was deputy director of the TTO. When I wanted to make something different, push forward the tech transfer, do the real tech transfer, as I have seen at the ATTP conferences. So we decided to set up a subsidiary company, and here we are in the podcast. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really good to have you. What made you stay at Charles University during your career so far? That's a great question I'm asking myself sometimes. However, clearly, it is the continuous development and evolution. There is still something to do, lots of opportunities. I already had job offers from headhunters, but in the end, I always decided to stay here. I still have big plans with the technology transfer. I'm not only Charles University, so the potential is you in here, and I hope that I'll be able to build here and be here for a few more years to fulfill my visions. Amazing. You don't have to tell me, but were the headhunters looking to hire you for another Czech university? Ah, honestly, no. The offers came from the European level to be a director in the European Innovations Hub. You've made an impact, clearly. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any advice that you would give to someone looking to start out in tech transfer today? I don't feel myself experienced enough to give anyone advices. However, I would say that we shouldn't try to invent a wheel and should be inspired by more experienced individuals, which probably there is a lot of them. We should also go abroad and see what it looks like in professional settings of tech transfer masters. It helped me a lot because then you know where to go if you see the masters in work. We should also find a passion for the multidisciplinary field and the essence of the technology. And also we or the new coming into this field, at least I see myself or our work as a service to society. And that is the point of view that I would like to stress out that we are here to 
take technologies from the academic sphere and put them into the society where they can help. So I would say that we should all keep in mind this. I think that is good advice. Oh, really? Okay, okay. <laughs> if you had a magic wand, is there anything you would change about tech transfer, either at Charles University or more broadly? I know exactly what I would do. I would like to be possible for everyone who doubts the benefits and ways of how the technology transfer works to see what this field actually embodies. What does it mean to do tech transfer and what it can bring to the society? What is the huge amount of the possibilities on the academical sphere that could be provided to the society and to the industry? But there is a limited time of everybody. <laughs> I would love to be able to stop the time for a while and show to anyone who will be interested and convince them, all of them, that the tech transfer is a great thing to do and how beneficial this field is. That would make me really happy. Then I will unstart the time and do the rest of the work and be with family, and, um, et cetera. Well, if you come across the machine, I would like to borrow it because there are also <laughs> some things I would like to do. <laughs> Understand. You're also involved with, and forgive me for mispronouncing this probably, Sutesh and Ponike, which is a countrywide competition to develop the entrepreneurial skills of high school students. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? I think there is a need to build a positive relationship with entrepreneurship and innovation from an early age. Soutěž and Podnike, which translate as competition and entrepreneurship, is an extracurricular program for high school students that will allow them to create a real business plan from their idea from scratch. It progresses from regional rounds through national rounds to finals, which are usually held in the USA. For the third year in a row, I have the honor to provide consultations and advice to these talented and enthusiastic people in the field of project management, business development management, and intellectual property protection. It is really amazing to see those young people who are there, and you see them after two years or three years. They made their finals, they are very successful, they are already running their first startup companies and they are doing well. So yeah, it's great. It's great energy from those people. I love that. How did you get involved with that? Did they approach you? Was that something that you sought out to do? If I remember it correctly, they approached me when we have been setting up the CUIP because media were full of our outcome or of our approach to the tech transfer. And at that time, we had been contacted by a lot of platforms and this one, yeah, I have decided to support them and it was a great decision. I'm still in touch with them, still working with them 30 years in a row. That's wonderful. I suppose it goes back to the whole helping to shift the culture towards more entrepreneurship as well. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's a whole bunch of supporting the tech transfer ecosystem, working with high school students, working with pre-graduate students. I'm teaching at the university. Uh, I'm working with PhD students, going through the national conferences, regional conferences, and spreading the word about the tech transfer benefits. Amazing. You've mentioned earlier, I think you said five spin-offs you've created so far. Can you, I mean, you can give me all five if you want to, but can you give me a few examples of the companies you've created? Every time I'm asked about uh, picking any of our uh, technologies, it's very hard for me. However, 
One of our successes is that uh, we have our own game development studio, which is called Charles Games, which is active on almost all game platforms. So you can find them on Steam, App Store, Google Play. They produce a number of amazing games from games in the genre of serious and educational ones, which you can even use to teach in schools, up to the robotic shooters where you are shooting everything. The young team in the leadership of Charles Games is so enthusiastic and passionate about the cause. It's really a pleasure to watch them grow. Their numbers just raise up and this is amazing. Secondly, the most economically profitable is our subsidiary company, GeneSpector, which specializes in molecular diagnostics. The company was and still is very active in solving the COVID-19 pandemic. At a time when there were no PCR, uh, very few PCR tests in Czech Republic in May 2020, we developed and immediately got enough kits to detect the disease on the market. We kept close to 40% of the Czech market from just at that time. Uh, we are now exporting abroad and developing other technologies under the GeneSpector brand. After the initial investment, which took us just 10,000 euros, and after a year of operations, the turnover became 12 million euros. And the company is still growing. So this is our biggest economical success, definitely, up to this date. Wow, <laughs> that is phenomenal growth. Yeah, however, commercial partners helped us a lot because on the board of the GeneSpector, there is a Czech manufacturer of the PCR kits. There is also the biggest Czech laboratories and also consultancy company. So it helped us a lot. We are holding 25% of the company as the CUIP, as the subsidiary of the university. So credit not goes just to us. It's work of many other people. That brings us almost to the end. Is there anything else we haven't talked about that you want people to know about Charles University? I don't think I have nothing else to say except a big thank to you for the invitation. It means a lot to me. Given that our colleagues from the world's leading transfer agencies are also listening to us, I would like to ask them if they would be willing to devote a piece of their time to us. I would like to come and soak up the experience and share a good practice. It would be a real pleasure if it could be anyhow possible. I'm really love to learn from the more experienced. So that would be great. And also one more time, thank you very much for the invitation. It was a pleasure for me. It's been really great to have you. And from everyone I've spoken to, everyone seems to be very generous with their time. So oh, that's I am great. sure it will be easy to find people to learn from. Osama, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a huge pleasure and let's stay in touch. Oh, that would be great. Thank you very much and have a great day. Talking Tech Transfer is hosted by me, Thierry Hales. It is produced by Global University Venturing, a Morsonia Limited publication. You can find us at globaluniversityventuring.com, on LinkedIn as Global University Venturing, or on Twitter at GU Venturing. Our sound engineer is Mark Chatterley from In-Ear Production. You can find them on inearproduction.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an interview. We'd also really love it if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or if you share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. 
It really helps us grow our audience. You can also reach out to me directly with feedback. Just email tehelis at globaluniversityventuring.com. That is T-H-E-L-E-S at globaluniversityventuring.com. Until next time, have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you.